I don't know what you signed yourself up for, <laughs> but since we're not wearing headphones, I can't do my introduction. So right now in post, I've put the introduction music. It's playing. You're bobbing your head because you're hearing it. Hello, Heather. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. Good morning. It's nice to see you. It's always strange having friends on the show because... <laughs> There's not much that I don't know about you. So in terms of asking questions, it's like, what the fuck do you ask? But the purpose of this, I think, is just to talk a bit more about what you're doing on social media, what you're doing outside of social media and the life that you are building for yourself, because it is pretty interesting and relatively surprising given some of, you know, the points you've had in the career that is your life. This is true. It's been a long road. So for anybody that doesn't know you, why don't you just give the quick like two-second speech? All right. Hello. So I am a special effects makeup artist, a restorative arts specialist uh, teacher right now at the Pittsburgh Institute of Mortuary Science, um, where I am making some videos for them online, as well as promoting myself um, on TikTok, where... My name is Before the Coffin, and I suddenly uh, have about 300,000 followers now. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's an interesting, fun thing. Yeah. You're, I feel like you're not somebody who is particularly a stranger to attention online and social media. I feel like for an average person, you've always had like a decent following of people, like more than a normal person should have, right? Like, you know, right. like you've like thousands of friends on the internet, which is like fucking ridiculous in the grand scheme of things because, you know, you have like two people you could probably count on in real life. Facts. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sitting with one of them, so. <laughs> and the interactions that you're having now is in a completely different realm than what it was before because you've gone from, you know, a few thousand to hundreds of thousands of people that are following you in some capacity online. And I'm curious, does it feel overwhelming or does it just feel like numb to a point where it's so much that it's just kind of like, whatever, it's impossible for me to even keep track of this? For, that's that's a good question because at first I, I really was overwhelmed and I was trying to answer uh, so many questions from people at once because I wasn't used to it. So I was, I was thinking that they all needed an, an immediate response. So <laughs> I'm getting like an influx of new messages and I'm trying to keep up with them. And then I'm realizing it's just taking all day, every day of my time. Um, I changed my Instagram to a professional account so I could separate my inboxes now and regular regularly I had um, I had so many messages from my friends that I keep up with. So I was already making videos and kind of entertaining my own friends so much that when I did get on TikTok, it was it was interesting because um, I was doing the same exact thing I was already doing, but just for such a larger platform. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, it's the same thing I was already doing. Yeah, that's the um, thing that's interesting and kind of what I was asking about is this like it doesn't really feel like much has changed other than the amount of attention that you're getting now. Right. And I feel like, you know, there is maybe some responsibility that has been placed on your shoulders now to create this content that you were already creating naturally. But now do you feel like you're obligated to do what you were already doing naturally? Does it feel the same or does it feel different now that there are more people looking at you? 
The videos that I make for the school, um, I feel some more pressure on just because there is that chance that um, my follower base, which is mostly in the beginning mortuary related, and they do want to see that that content. Um, but if it flops, it, it's kind of embarrassing because it's kind of like, oh, well, what didn't we like here? Um, and then, yeah, that video was for my school. So I'm trying to promote them um in a way that's not i don't know disappointing i guess i I don't want to let anybody down (laughs) sure sure sure. i don't know what is expected of me now and i think that i'm doing the best just being myself Mm -hmm. i think that that's always the answer there's conversations that plenty of creative people have in regards to you know doing this for the algorithm or posting at this certain time or this type of like all those things are valid to some degree and i'm sure you can attest to that but what do you think is more important being genuine or following the algorithm being genuine and dropping it at the right time in the <laughs> algorithm <laughs> i'm like that meme i don't know if we could like put that on top of me uh the the woman trying to calculate the math and i feel like i I get so close to understanding it um and then i something throws me off again or they change it and it's yeah i feel like or my video is not good enough and i'm like they changed it (laughs) like a mad scientist that's the thing that i always throw into the lap of a lot of my friends where i feel like it's so easy to blame an algorithm or blame instagram or twitter say that Oh, I'm I'm blacklisted. I'm shadow banned or whatever. But it's like, bro, your song sucks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sometimes the stuff that we do just isn't that good. And yeah. I think that, you know, if you're just creating genuinely good content, it will catch. And I think that's pretty much the story of you and where you are right now anyways. I mean, obviously you started paying attention to the algorithm and it helped things grow. Right. But in order for that first thing to boost, like really take off, that wasn't some strategic plan that was just like it just fucking happened right i think the first video um of mine that blew up a little bit was my just trip to salem everyone kind of loves the magical town so that was unexpected and i was like all right well that's cool but whatever that has nothing to do with me i don't even live there um the next video i think i posted it at at like 11 o'clock at night i was just making a compilation of my mortuary memories I had my phone out way more than I would like to admit to in mortuary school, but um, there are just some nice times that I have. Um, I woke up and I had like a million views and I have thousands of followers and people are messaging me like, I didn't even know mortuary school existed. How how can I go there? Um, and I was like, well, I mean, how did you think your loved ones were being taken care of? But that's understandable. Um, sure. Some countries don't even have mortuary schools. So a lot of people in like the UK... We're asking if our online program could even transfer to their country. So I have I get a whole range of questions all day, every day. Um, and I do try and answer as many as I can. But um, yeah. <laughs> I think the other thing, too, that is easy to forget, we both grew up in a city around a lot of people and a lot of things going on. But most of America isn't big cities. So once you start getting brought into like, brought in front of people's eyeballs that aren't your friends and the other people that live in cities. I mean, you probably have a lot of followers that just live in the middle of fucking nowhere. And they're like, what, what is this? Like, I've never 
right. s- seen this or heard of this. I can't believe this is a thing. And it's interesting to start connecting with those people that really have no idea about like this world or what it's really like, even though you pretty much grew up in it. I think, I think even being uh, a part of the younger generation and I'm 27. Um, so, so being on that app, being a more, uh, a mortician and seeing a lot of people just being attracted to the subject, then see me, um, a younger kind of hip, I would say a uh, person that's like at home scrolling on their, on the app. And then they're like, Hey, I'm a younger kind of, kind of hip person uh this is interesting to see this girl doing this uh maybe i could do this it's funny because you know as i'd already mentioned you're not a stranger to social media so even when you were just posting for yourself and for fun i felt like there was always a thing that you were very aware of what you were posting and how you were posting it and just how to be like a brand on Instagram with right. just being a person like you're, you're very, I'm you know, very you, you have, brand. You have a, <laughs> yes, you have a, uh, an aesthetic. Yes. That's the word. Yeah. And being able to find a way to successfully transfer that aesthetic, but without really even needing to try, because like you said, you're just being yourself. Right. It just happened to work out. Yes. I mean, um, even if with a dark kind of aesthetic paired with my mortuary things or, Sometimes I'm a little bit spooky. Um, I mean, things down to my tread, treadmill at the house is Halloween colors. So it's it's the little things. <laughs> <laughs> so with all of the TikToking and all of the mortuarying and, uh, right. you know, do you find yourself like having a hard time making time keeping up? with the tiktok shit now that it's like you know kind of growing past the expectations but now you're like i know there's part of you that's chasing it like yeah let's let's get more and more and more but at the same time are you starting to find that it's in any way becoming a distraction from like your actual work or things that you want to do in your life or is it a healthy balance it's a healthy balance in ways that if i'm at the school um they love me taking videos there and I love taking videos there and, and I love the building and I love everything about it. So that's great. Um, they want me to be there and show people what it's really like. Uh, it's not all doom and gloom. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, but in ways with the funeral home, I'm just starting out here. It's kind of like, um, I'm going to have to be a little bit more careful. Um, and that's going to come first. So on my free time, when I'm going to be on calls, um, picking up bodies, um, doing transfers, and I'm going to need to find some day to just make a bunch of videos at once um, and then release them. But even then, I don't even I don't feel like that's totally genuine. So I'm just going to have to try and yeah, try my best to. If I if I think about it, just make a video, mm-hmm. just record it (laughs) before I miss the opportunity as somebody who has also done a wide variety of different videos, podcasts, vlogs, all this bullshit. You've seen it. We're friends. Right. Um, you know, I have a lot that's on my plate and I find that it always works best. If I try to schedule things like, Oh, today is going to be the day that I work on project day. The next day will be my project B day. 
But then over time, everything stops feeling genuine and it starts feeling like a responsibility. And then I don't like doing it anymore. And I feel like the overall content suffers versus that just being in the moment. Like the best things that I always do are always like the, I know I have 10 other things I have to do today, but this seems like a really fun idea and I'm just going to fucking do it. And they also are always the things that seem to take the least amount of time. Right. It's like, I'm, you know, I can somehow spend three hours working on a video that I don't even want to do because I feel like I have to versus the five minutes just doing like something then what is that what the fuck is that oh yeah I I drove um all the way out to Stephen King's house and I took a video of it people loved it that's great I was I was going there anyways um but I'm at home and I just I can make something in 15 seconds that I didn't have to drive hours and hours away for. Um, but those opportunities don't come often. So I, I just kind of got to take it while I think of it or it won't happen. And then it'll be another day without a video. And then you lose your virility uh, and the pressure's on. Uh-huh. So then you are in the shadow ban, but it's just, you're not in a shadow ban. Your content's old and you got to find a, a way to make yourself relevant, relevant again. Yeah. So, so. do you want to dig a little bit into that? Like, I don't understand 100% how TikTok works because I, I just, I'm not on that platform, but I'm sure that there are similar, you're looking at me like, <laughs> I'm just, you're looking at me like by the end of this conversation, we're going to have a fucking TikTok account, bitch. Basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm curious, you know, like what you've seen, you know, well, let's just talk about Instagram and TikTok. We don't got to talk about any other platforms. Mm-hmm. But what similarities do those two platforms have in terms of the way that maybe they do shadow ban or the way that they do like work out algorithmically? Such a word. Yeah. <laughs> um. So for a while until I I got some followers, I was a private account, so I was never worried about um, an algorithm. On TikTok? On Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when I made my account public, I just started growing naturally. Um, And it was never my goal to grow to begin with. So the fact that I started getting followers, that's great. Um, Thank you for following me. But I, again, at first really didn't understand why. Um, But on TikTok, that one is a lot more complicated because (laughs) when my first video did really well, I was like, great, this is fun. Um, I didn't make another video for a week after that. I didn't really understand that once I got that million views, the next few people that would follow me would see the next video I made. So those views would, would kind of carry on to your next video and you have to keep pumping them out and, and keep that virality going. It's like stocks. Basically. (laughs) I don't know why I agreed. I don't know anything about stocks. (laughs) I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) It just seems like it is. Oh man. (laughs) so i found out um and i was kind of like doing a test because if the the video flopped that's okay i I had a lot of fun filming them i have so much fun filming them um i did the little trend it's like you see a trend and you kind of do one but i saw this one like the hip swing video um i saw somebody doing that and i was like all right, hold on. Let me give you goth girl edition. So I did it as a joke. Creepsville, the clothing company, sent me some clothes. Um, and I made them a really elaborate video. I was so excited to post that one. Um, 
the joke video did well. And it's all fun and games until you end up on the free page. <laughs> but it had like 3.5, I think it has 4 million views now, um, of that dance. And everyone then started calling me Veronica Lodge. And I was like, all right, I have a Veronica Lodge costume. So while this is still relevant, I dropped the second Creepsville video. It did great. Um, I went and recorded myself in front of Bill's in Pittsburgh in the Veronica Lodge costume, uh, eating a burger uh, and just dancing because we were going to go there to eat anyway. And I was like, this is funny. And Nathan and I um, thought it'd be just ridiculous. And he's always down to film something. Yeah. So that got a million. And I was like, all right, I, I'm understanding this mathematically now um, in a way that it's going to keep trailing and then that video did well so my next video will if i keep putting them out day to day um and i did another veronica video because people said other outfits do other outfits and i was like i could do that because i have two other outfits um i really like riverdale (laughs) for anyone (laughs) listening um and i did it again uh, 1.7 million views i was just out at hotel monaco down downtown and um it kind of looked like veronica's the pembroke where she lives and I was out having drinks with friends and I had my friend Mariah just kind of like run around me and film the video. And it was like 2 million views. And then they all start to go well. And then you need a break. Um, week goes by and then you're only getting 50,000 views. <laughs> so that's, that's the tea on TikTok. That's yeah. how it works, basically. Just got to keep, keep feeding it. Otherwise, yeah. there's, you know, however many millions of people on tiktok and those eyes are going to go somewhere else so if you're not constantly putting stuff out somebody right. else is going to be like i got you you know what i mean they'll just slide right into your spot at the bar yeah in a 100%. way percent there's a million goth girlfriends out there ready to take my place <laughs> mm-hmm. so you had mentioned it just a moment ago and i didn't want to skate out of this conversation without mentioning uh your other half nathan oh, yes. king who is a, a fan, past guest of the show. Some of you people that know me have probably seen his video work on a lot of my stuff. And obviously, he's a big part of what you're doing, but from behind the scenes, because you know, so much of the stuff that you're doing is a result, at least like in like some half of that aesthetic. Oh, yeah. I know, I'm, I'm great. Is him. Yes. Yeah. And it's really, really cool that the two of you have that together and that you're able to do all that stuff. And it's so funny because I feel like, you know, on a personal level, like your, like your persona and everything that's going on on TikTok Mm -hmm. is like the complete antithesis of what Nathan ever wants in life, (laughs) you know, because he's, you know, he's just, he's into his own thing. Like, I don't really think that he's much of a, 300,000 follower type of person, but maybe he is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I would want that to be completely honest with you. That's why like when I'm asking you these questions, like I get worried about like, you know, like how much of this is going to take over my life if it were to blow up. Right. Like, you know, how would my responsibilities and things change? And yeah, he watches me. He watches everything that happens with me. He makes videos with me. So he's learning what it's like. Uh, for all that to happen um, on that app. And I think that might be why he's a little uh, resilient to posting every day because um, he could, but he hasn't yet. So, yeah. but he has an account um, and I'm 
he has his songs up on TikTok too. So you could use them. And I think that's what he has his account up for mostly, but I'm just having fun with mine. And there are days he wakes up and he's like, man, I really want to film something. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I already have some right now. Yeah. So if you can film this for me and he's a really great sport. Somebody actually asked me to do a um, behind the scenes video. So it was me recording him. Like he's recording me and it was, it's good. You should check it out. But That's fun. So this <laughs> is all sweet. on the TikTok? Yeah, it's all yeah. on my TikTok at Before the Coffin. So I'm having, you know, these thoughts now um, because with my new old band, Normal Creatures, uh, I've come to terms with the fact that, you know, I'm 35 years old. I'm I'm no spring chicken or whatever they say. Stop. <laughs> and, I'm going home. <laughs> all right. Goodbye. This has been a podcast. Spring chicken. Um, is that a, that's what they say, right? I'm not sure. No. Um, so moving forward with this new brand and this new band, um, thinking about how it's going to be a lot more leaning towards like cartoon characters, like in the way that we present ourselves. So I think there's a good possibility that if normal creatures had a TikTok, I could do it in a way that would be genuine because it would be on brand with the project versus like if gray Walker did it, like what the fuck are we going to do with a death metal TikTok? You know, like oh, it could yeah. work, but it would, it wouldn't be like, like what are they, you know, it just wouldn't click. Right. And that's always been my hesitation about going on the platform is like, I don't want to be on here unless I have a way to be on here genuinely. Are you, you know? guys ready to, uh, is Grey Walker ready to cover Justin Bieber's new track, Lonely? <laughs> I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it. Well, uh, that's the kind of stuff that I could imagine you guys doing. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I'm 35 and I'm the right. youngest person in Grey Walker. So, oh, fun no fact. I didn't know that one actually. Yeah. Nobody needs that <laughs> i think evan has me only beat by like a week i think he's like a week older than me oh wow yeah well you still get the cards so <laughs> okay but that's just something that has been on my mind in terms of like you know because i want to be able to put music in front of people that are listening to music and it's very obvious that people are listening to music on tiktok even though it feels really different for me because I'm older and like the idea of a music, like people listening to music is like, Oh, you put out a song, you release a music video or somebody hears it on the radio or on Spotify. And like those things still exist. But I feel like so many times now when I'm hearing about new songs, it's like somebody reposted a TikTok video on Instagram. I'm noticing that. And I'm like, that's people were like finding out about music this way. And it's like, okay, well I'm not going to, beat the system i'm not gonna beat the algorithm so maybe i should hop on board and use it but how can i do it genuinely i don't know i gotta figure that one out that's not a question yeah. that you have to answer that's just me talking out loud yeah this one this one's your adventure but i can always give you some tips if you need them <laughs> yeah i think that we'll see how it goes and i think the other thing too is just like i don't necessarily have this big thing in mind where it's like if i don't have a certain number of people paying attention to what i'm doing that i don't like really let it affect me that much maybe that's just because i'm used to people not really paying attention to what i'm doing same but at the same time i think more people pay attention to me 
than is normal for any person. And it's really easy to take that for granted. So I try not to do that either. You know what I mean? Agreed. Because maybe, you know, with you on TikTok, you can have 300,000 followers and videos with millions of views. But I'm sure some people you follow on there, that's probably like nothing. And it could make you feel like you're still not accomplishing anything. Does that ever happen? I agree. Um, So I'm I'm friends with a guy. um, His name on TikTok is Peter Spasa. Um, congratulations, Peter, on your verification in one million. Because when I started TikTok just two months ago, Peter had about what I have now. Um, and he just posts the cooking things he does. He's a chef and he posts them every day. Um, but he is in the kitchen doing this every day. So he can film and, um, it not be too inconvenient and, or at least from my perspective. And, one day he posts a video and I notice he has 600,000. Um, the same week he has 1 million point two now and he's verified. So this all happened in a matter of months. So I asked him, I was like, how long have you been doing this for? And he said like a year. And I was like, well, congratulations. Cause that's, um, that amount of followers for posting that many days every year is yeah. overdue and congrats. But it, you, you could jump that fast, that quick. So that's kind awesome. Crazy. I think that, you know, with me and this podcast, for example, like I, a lot of podcasts that I listen to are like big podcasts that, you know, get the amount of, the amount of downloads that my show has ever gotten over the course of time, they'll get in an hour, like that kind of shit, you know, like it's ridiculous. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, thinking about who I have on the show, you know, if I have a local musician in here and the episode gets 2000 downloads, that's still kind of nuts because it's like, there aren't 2000 people going to any of their shows. 2000 people don't know who they are. Like why are 2000 people listening? That's still a lot. Yeah. I agree. It it feels like nothing because all the podcasts I'm listening to are like 500,000. So I'm like, Oh, what's my fucking 2000. And also a lot of sponsorship companies that are worth fucking anything won't even touch your podcast unless you're getting 20,000 downloads a week, at least. Wow. And that's a lot. Yeah. That's a fucking lot. But like, so it makes me feel like I'm not doing anything, but I am. And I'm trying to keep that in my head where it's like, no, there's still a lot going on. You're still doing a lot. Yeah. But it's real easy to make yourself feel like you're accomplishing nothing. And I've even seen it with like you where like, you've like uploaded a video on TikTok and like it didn't get the amount of views that you wanted in the amount of time. So you're like, I'm just deleting it. And I'm like, dang, you've watched, we put all this work into that. Like, holy shit. Yeah. And like that kind of stuff, like scares me. Like me, like I understand where you're at and you're probably right. Cause you don't mm-hmm. want those low view counts sitting on your page. Cause it probably makes it look bad. What is, what's the and, deal with that? That. And uh, once in a while out of nowhere, I, it feels like, tiktok will just pick one of your videos and send it again um so you don't want them to in the loop be sending videos that were flopping to begin with because a video that was doing well might keep continuing to do well instead of just so it's like a quality control thing yes yeah just kind of rotting there on your account a placeholder you may say Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i've tried to get a little bit more aware of that i'm I need to stop thinking that the world interacts with the internet in the way that I do. And the way that I do is like, I don't interact with it that much. Mm-hmm. You know, like 
I'll see stuff that people post and I like it, but I'm not like going onto anyone's timeline and going back through their stuff and like clicking on pictures and zooming in to see like, you know, how fucked up their makeup is and like all the stuff that I know normal people actually do do. Mm-hmm. I don't do that, but people do do this kind of shit and it's like, fuck. Yeah. Now do I need to fucking go back through all my old posts, you know, delete shit that was like whack and like try to keep up like this good looking feed. Cause yeah. like, again, I'm more of an Instagram guy. So it's like, you know, now since me and Indigo started doing that, some faith thing, very like trying to be cognizant of like the feed, how does the feed look and the colors and all this stuff? And does it look interesting when somebody new comes on your page? Yeah. And it's like, why would that be important? But it is important. It is. Why? I have, I'm totally guilty of the laying in bed and looking at my profile from another person's perspective to see what they see. And I'm looking at it just to like, be like, hmm, I wonder what this person or like these, this audience is thinking when they look at my page. Uh, And then I overthink myself. So that's just not healthy. (laughs) Indigo has some app on her phone that it basically allows you, it mimics like an Instagram layout Mm -hmm. and you can like, Put, pick in and add photos and switch it so you could see what your layout's going to look like after you oh. up, like before you upload anything. Hmm. It's like a pre-planner and I guess she uses it for her baking Instagram oh. page. Which it, is clever. Yeah, it is. Um I just kind of drop it drop drop it there. Hope it does well. Uh-huh. Um, but Instagram, yeah. I, that's so, just always been a more personal page for me. Uh, if you follow me there, thank you. But um, So I was curious, yeah, did you notice a bump in your Instagram after the TikTok? Yes, the- I gained um, maybe like 5,300 followers uh, once I made it public in a month. So that, again, for me is crazy because I have all my personal friends on there. And I kind of, I took off. That was one thing I did. Um, I didn't edit my page because it's all wholesome basically and um yeah for a public eye to see um except my locations so i had all like the places i i was in the city and like my home and everywhere else tagged i removed all of them um so you can now (laughs) it took a long time um you can now follow me on instagram and it's fine but at first it was kind of like a privacy issue i'm i'm curious too you know with that balance of like now the thing that you're finding success in the thing that you're building in a career in is so tied into your personal life. There's a lot of people that have this work life separation, Mm -hmm. but for us, like we don't get that. No. (laughs) And I think that, you know, this is something that is relatively newer for you Mm -hmm. Because like, I know you're just starting to get, you just got out of school and you're doing, you know, all your stuff that you're doing. Right. This is fresher for you, but it's happening so quick, which is really cool. But I'm curious if like, have you thought about this at all? Like, oh shit, like this is happening and this is my life. And now it's like, you know, before it was like, oh, if I don't want to work at the fucking restaurant or whatever, I'll fucking call off. Fuck it. Like I'll make money, whatever. But now moving forward, like that's not going to be the thing because now you're tying into like having an actual career, an actual life and outside, even the stuff that you do for fun, like the TikTok and shit, that's still tied in to your life. There's going to be like no days off. Right. Is Heather ready for a no days off lifestyle? Yeah, I love it. I, I love making a video. I love making it, having something I have to do every day. Because um, I want to do that. At least make like something fun. And 
that's a great thing to have to do. But um, professionally, as a mortician, and right now an embalmer's apprentice. Um, what a sentence. Yeah. The embalmer's <laughs> apprentice. <laughs> I'm not even going to put your name on this episode. This is going to be the embalmer's apprentice. I like that a lot. Um, if if it came to be that they did not want me to be um, a social media such a large social media presence, I would take that into consideration. I have not thought about what I would do about it. Um, But at the place I have recently accepted um, my internship at, they know they knew coming in that I kind of have this platform right now. Yeah. And um, I keep that in mind with the school, um, my, my career and everything else when I'm posting a video that it, it does remain pretty wholesome. Yeah, there's definitely, I imagine, a pretty fine line that you have to balance, especially for somebody like you that is like, no offense, a total fucking degenerate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's true. (laughs) In terms of like, you know, I'm sure that there's stuff that goes through your head when you're making videos at school that you're like, fuck, this would be fire, but there's no way that I can literally do this because it is illegal. What Brian's trying to say is <laughs> I'm I'm one of his most extra friends. Um I love being the most and so silly um and ridiculous. And um yeah, there's times where I'm like, man, I wish I could be like uh yeet, but yeah. I can't. <laughs> I know that you've had at least um one TikTok video, which we don't have to get into the contents of it, but it was something that you had done. And then you took it down after getting some negative feedback from people for being what essentially I felt was relatively innocent. Mm-hmm. It was a trend. Okay. It was a, <laughs> it was a trend and it was, um, it, if you know, you know, but it was my, this is my sister. This is my brother. We are siblings and we care for each other. And if you know, you know, you know the ending. Yeah. There. But um, when we, when going on, going back to the school and uh, co-teaching the restorative arts class, I'm sitting down with like the dean and others, and they kind of say, well, if there's anything you don't want your grandma to see, you might want to take it down uh, and kind of remain that like wholesome, um, appropriate and more yeah. professional vibe. And I was like, yeah, um, I definitely agree. And then I was like, man, how many of them saw that video? <laughs> um, which, again, I, we just thought was funny. And I, I was really being like my ridiculous whole self. And then I was kind of like, oh. You know, that's the video because for anybody watching, I do not have a TikTok as I've mentioned. <laughs> but Heather will still send me links to TikTok videos that she does. I do. And that was the one video. I remember when I watched that. In my head, I was like, there's no way that she's not going to blow up on TikTok just because it was that good. Like, it was really fucked up. But I was like, this is too fucking good. Um, A lot. That's funny that you say that because a lot of my friends were like, uh, we all kind of knew, like, if one of us was going to be famous for something, it would be you. Uh, Either you did something really, like, ridiculous and or um, not I don't know. I wouldn't, I don't want to say bad, but like they knew it was me. Yeah. Um, cause I'm a little nuts. Yeah. And so nobody was shocked. I mean, I'm trying to entertain my friends all the time and I post silly things and 
people knew Halloween was coming, for example, and for example, and they're like, oh, I can't wait. I know you guys are freaking out. Like they want to see the stuff that I'm going to share because Mm -hmm. I am always freaking out. (laughs) Do you think that, you know, this, this crazy life of Heather, you know, on and off the camera, the wild antics, do you find that maybe getting this TikTok getting all of these responsibilities, needing to be a wholesome representative of your school, of your career, has somewhat shifted your life path in general and has made you feel a little bit more wholesome and feel a little less like crazy Heather. I agree. Um, <laughs> I definitely I think that it does. Uh, there was a part of me that didn't want to be less crazy Heather. Um, problematic queen. <laughs> but i'm accepting it um at first against my will but then i'm kind of like well you know i do have a respectable career i love it i can find a way to still be me and do the things that i like to do while keeping everyone happy yeah that way i'm not choosing one or the other um even with a cemetery video I recently made, I understand cemetery etiquette and that you have to keep in mind, um, especially when filming in cemeteries. Um, some people say don't film in cemeteries. Again, that's like a whole new internet thing I never heard of. So I would say, hey, well, you better tell George Romero to take those all those films down that sure. he, he filmed and everyone else, uh, Pet Cemetery, and but um for example, if I'm even make one of those videos, I know I know I'm in a cemetery and it is a place to to mourn. So I go to an, a lot older cemetery, um, maybe over a hundred years old, where there really aren't new mourners. So I'm not running into a lot of people or any people at all at the one that I go to. And then if I do film, I'm in the road. I'm not on top of graves. I'm not dancing on a grave. I'm not sitting on a grave. Uh, it's those kind of things that you have to keep in mind, and I'm I am I am glad that I'm respecting those. But it's it's interesting. I think that you know the things that people will call you out on on yeah. the internet now are really interesting. I was recently doing a shoot um, with Arkham Realty. Shout outs! Their episode just came out today, actually. So check that out if you would like. But with the Arkham guys and my friend Nick Prezioso was there. You know Nick. Yeah, he's And awesome. he was talking about, we were down on these train tracks and he was talking about how it's very taboo for photographers to post stuff that was shot on live tracks. And like, mm-hmm. they'll, there's like photographers that will call out other photographers for shooting on live tracks. And it's like not okay. It like just reminded me of the cemetery thing. You got to make a TikTok <laughs> live track etiquette. Yeah. Um, um And then the other thing I was just thinking of too, talking about bringing all this wholesome stuff into your life and overall it being like better for your character as a person because uh, you want to be less selfish. Basically, that's like what you're learning how to do is to put other people's feelings before yours have empathy and understanding. I know you're probably going to vomit right now with all this stuff that's coming out. (laughs) Uh, But I've been trying to think about that in terms of my art too and my music. Like how do I make stuff that is still me, but still accessible? Stop being so selfish. Stop trying to be so weird and different and expecting people to get it. Like nobody's going to fucking get it. Just do stuff. Like I have to like 
create stuff that's like respectful to the listener. So they actually want to listen to it. Right. In the same way that like you need to create stuff that's respectful to the viewer. So they actually want to watch it. It's like a weird way to think about it, but people, people often see the career as the person. That's it. At first, if you don't know me and you know, I'm a funeral director, it's funeral director. And then anything else I do is this funeral director would do what? And it's like, (laughs) Hey, remember, um, Every funeral director uh, is just a per- another person like you and I. Um, so we do like to go to shows. And maybe your favorite funeral director that treated your grandmother very respectfully and with dignity and care and gave her a great memorial service um, still probably listens to metal and might love horror movies, uh, might have a TikTok account because uh, they're just a regular person. Yeah. So I'm curious if we can get into something a little deep. All right. I'm scared. Um, I'm curious, you know, because the stuff that you're into in this lifestyle, this career path that you've chosen is not normal. I find that there's probably not too many people that are doing this that are like your age. Right. Right. And I'm curious about like, you know, do you think without getting into it? like your background and how you grew up, like how much of that shaped like taking this like path towards like helping people in their darkest times feel comfortable as somebody that has maybe gone through their own. Do you, you ever, have you ever, do you think about that at all? I do. I do because um, my attraction to that kind of dark aesthetic or um, com- I would, I wouldn't even call it aesthetic. I would just call it comfort. Um, makes me feel i mean even the walking in a cemetery and i don't feel like a walking in a cemetery is spooky or strange but i have some friends that do um or when i started special effects school a lot of my friends thought that was a little morbid but again it's just creating effects um and with mortuary things um to me in the end it's all anatomy but to somebody else it's like ah ghosts and a cold dead body um but it is it is all just anatomy and i feel like the repetition of death experience of my own um personal life kind of made it normal for me and i would say that my experiences are comparable to a person that grew up in a funeral home just because so many people around me have died so yeah it's like always trying to figure out like you know like why people get into this it's really like the equivalent of like uh don't take this the wrong way i'm gonna make it make sense but like you know somebody of an alternative background as a kid it's like well i'm gonna work at hot topic because that's the that's the place that i'm gonna work right but now it's like you know i grew up spooky so now i want to work in the funeral industry but i feel like it's probably easy for a lot of people to think that but to actually go through with it i think takes a level of compassion and understanding and empathy that a lot of people aren't capable of and it's really cool that like to see that you are and like hear you talking about these things and talking about like comforting other people and being respectful and looking at it through that lens instead of like well i want to do this because it's creepy right um and i do understand that i i fit some of those cliches or that that niche um i'm sure it could be maybe hard too for some people to 
take you seriously, which sucks because you like from the outside looking in, like you are younger. You do have this like gothy aesthetic and you have like a silly social media account. So it's like, you know, is this bitch for real? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then, you know, me and you know that I have had a lot of death experience. Um, and I did go to special effects school. So my talent with restoration, being able to create a nose for somebody that possibly, um, and this is a little dark, you know, killed themselves. Um, they might've taken a bullet to the head and they don't have a nose. They couldn't find the nose. If they found the nose, I could put the nose back, but I could sculpt and build them one. So for me, I'm taking my talent and kind of, um, trying to help people. So I just think, uh, I'm trying to separate or kind of with this new following, I would like to show and separate that, um, I'm not just the cliche girl funeral director. I really am doing it for the right reasons. And I did drop a couple personal, like this is actually why I wanted to be a funeral director video. Uh, and it was about my dad. And um, yeah, I make I make the more serious ones serious when they need to be. Um, not everything is silly, but I like to kind of separate myself because I know I, I'm still boxed boxed in with those kind of like spooky girl maybe yeah. she just maybe she just likes like a dead body or like ooh, she likes dead bodies and it's like oh God. no yeah nobody really likes a dead body i mean it could be you know it's a it's a balance that i've had to deal with you know over the past few years of just being somebody that plays in bands and getting older and it's like a relatively adolescent thing mm-hmm. for me to still be doing you know what I mean? Especially in the style of music that I make. Right. Like, like to be in like, you know, a death metal band or a hardcore band where, you know, a lot of it's like yelling about your feelings and it's like all this, the whole genre, like the most popular bands are like, you know, younger bands that are getting out their teenage angst. And there's a lot of like, you know, young hormones in this genre of music. Right. Yeah. And as I get older, it's like, well, I have my shit together and I'm not really angry about these things anymore. I still love this music, but I love something that is like relatively adolescent. So how do I put a mature spin on this and let people know like, Oh, just because I'm doing this, that doesn't mean that I still act like a 21 year old And the way for you. It's just like, Oh, like, yeah, I am goofy. I will post like, you know, I will, (laughs) you know, I still watch Riverdale. I will post about it. I still, like dumb Halloween costumes and, you know, dumb corny stuff. But I do take this very seriously and I need right. to find a way to like, just because I am this doesn't mean that I'm like a goofball, but it's super yeah. easy to be put in that box. Yeah. Even with, even with my first embalming, um, I was not one of those cliche. Um, yeah. It didn't phase me. <laughs> that dead body that didn't bother me. I've, see them all the time uh <laughs> yeah i watch horror movies like no my first my first embalming um was shocking and i reacted the way a normal person would react and i think it would be a little psychotic uh to not act that way i i did see some other students that were working working with me that did say they have not embalmed before and they were like oh yeah it was fine and i'm just like looking at them in disbelief <laughs> thinking this is the first cold dead body um i've touched and then 
given somebody's handed a trail car for me to, to just, all right, you're embalming them now. Like right now, this is happening now. Um, raise the artery. Uh, and I'm just in shock. Sure. Look, watch, looking at everything for my first time, um, seeing that death face expression. I'm not, I'm, I'm picturing like a peaceful kind of uh, look, which at the end they did look very peaceful and all put back together. But man, I had to step out of the room and breathe because it was just so much at once. And for the people that say, hey, yeah, it was nothing. I'm like, all right, that's not true. You're not telling the truth here. <laughs> you remember that time we were at your house and there was there was a spider on the back porch and you freaked the fuck out? Yeah, you guys were really <laughs> upset that I said I was going to burn it. Uh, <laughs> I almost burned my entire house down It was for that just one. so funny. Like, this poser-ass dork's afraid of a fucking spider. I mean, it was a honker, for sure. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it was huge, and I I will but never it's so forget funny. it. You would just, you know, I think it'd be easy to assume that, like, you know, you would either want to, you know, become best friends with it or eat it or sacrifice it or something yeah. based on the way you look. But you're like, no, nah, I just I don't fucking like that thing. Yeah, when you when you know your friend or someone fits into a certain type of like just genre and being, um, you want to say, oh, well. She totally is going to keep the spider. This is her new pet spider. <laughs> Love this for her. Um, no. <laughs> um, I, I will even say that I'm not really into the whole crime scene TV shows oh, yeah. uh, with doing mortuary things and haunted places. Um, I love an old house. And if you if you are following me on Instagram, I'm, it's, a, it's turning into a house Instagram because I just love seeing a historic building. Um, I don't really care if somebody murdered their entire family and, and and some people chase that and that's just not me um that's i'm not i'm not fitting into that uh little group there you yeah. know whenever i they had that um serial killer art exhibit here a couple years ago and i did the podcast at it i don't know if that hit your radar at all but um, there i i try to listen i did not i did miss that one okay well, there Friend was point. <laughs> there was a there was an art exhibit here, I believe it was called the Art of Murder, or I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it was called, and it was the, familiar, the personal actually. collection of this uh, collector that collected art from all of these serial killers over the years. Like some of them, he had actual correspondence with, like in jail, and got art. Or like some of it, he like he acquired from estates. Like all like is ridiculous. And the yeah. point that I'm getting at, like the people that were there, it was like really interesting to talk with the people that put together the, the, the curated, the whole thing and to touch, like talk with people that were there as like attendees. It's like a different, they, they view the world a little differently. Yeah. And it, it is like interesting. Like so I, I don't it's find It's so romanticized. Any, I sure. Think is the word. Sure. That's a good word for it. It's yeah. like, I, I think that I find like all of this stuff interesting that it like exists, but I don't find any of it interesting on its own. Like, I don't know how to me either. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, yeah. Um, I with even seeing death, anyone can snap. I've watched my friends snap. I've my, myself, um, am an advocate for mental health because I have panic attacks. Like it's not easy. Uh, I can see just anyone snapping. It's like, all right, this guy lost it and, or are plan this out. All right. Sure. Um, sure. I, I don't I, think he's very special. 
Sure. Um, but he's known and I don't know. People are totally, they love it. Eat it up. <laughs> that is an interesting thing. Uh, the idea that like anybody can't snap, but I think the things that usually bring me or you back to earth would be our environment and the people right. that we have around us. And for a lot of people, they don't have that, which goes back to that whole like trying not to take the little that I do have for granted. Because at least I won't me too. <laughs> fucking, you know, become a serial killer anytime soon. Right. I don't think that you would anyways. I don't think I have. You're a softy deep down. Yeah, totally. Totally. (laughs) Totally. I'm too like too much empathy. I could actually deal with a little less to be completely honest. (laughs) Me too. So with the future of Heather and the future of before the coffin and the future of you as a mortician, is that the word? Yeah. Or I'm, the Embalmer's Apprentice. The Embalmer's Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> now on Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Can you imagine? I walk in, my my bangs are back, uh-huh. and I'm like somehow animated. <laughs> and it has all that all that music from like the other Disney cartoons. Oh Those- yeah, gotta have the bangs. Yeah, can't picture a more a more spooky mortician girl without the bangs. In the future. Yeah. of everything <laughs> is there like uh any sort of a long-term goal here do you have like a five ten year plan or is things happening so quick and so unexpected that it's hard to even consider that because you mentioned it before this tiktok three months ago mm-hmm. wasn't a thing and right. now in a lot of ways in just three months your life is not completely changed it's the same shit you still have to hang out with me you still <laughs> you know live around the corner and whatnot but right. A lot has changed just in terms of like the overall like presence of who you are to mm-hmm. the world. Do you see like, are you even thinking five years ahead or is that just too far away now with how quickly that's things so are far. going? Yeah, that's so far. I think while I'm kind of relevant and I'm having fun making the content and I have my backup uh, director with me, Nathan, and <laughs> i and monetizing, um, monetizing is a part of it. And the app TikTok itself has, is paying its, its, um, creators. So as long as that's going for now, um, I am really enjoying it because even if I do have some flops, that time isn't going to waste because it, they're recognizing their creators right now. Um, but future wise, yeah, I, I would like to keep making videos because I am having so much fun. So I did create a YouTube channel. Um, there's nothing on there yet. Uh, just kind of that base video to to grab your page. Yeah, but. I, I would be really curious to pick your brain about YouTube in a few months if yeah. it takes off and it works because that's the one platform where like I genuinely feel like, okay, why do I not do good on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Like it, it makes me angry because... All ego aside, I feel like my content is just as good, if right. not better. And I feel like it's relatable because I talk about music and art and like all the the shit that people that are on YouTube talk about. Yeah. But I cannot crack the ceiling of getting anybody that is a stranger. More recently, I've been seeing a lot more comments coming in from people I don't know, mm-hmm. but like not a lot. We're talking like one a day. Like this isn't anything crazy, but that's more than it has been. Yeah. And so- 
it's growing a little bit, but it's still so fucking complicated for me to understand like why it doesn't work. And I don't know like what I'm not doing right in terms of like engaging with YouTube's audience. I have no idea. This is a code I'm ready to crack, but yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. We'll have to retouch on that when I get it going. I, my goal is to try and um, make longer videos and keep, keep sharing my experiences, especially with the new funeral home um, to that page. So we'll see how, we'll see how it works out or if I can even move my followers because. Yeah. That's the other thing I'm, I'm curious about too, just because like you have at least a decent starting base. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the huge issue for me. Like I don't have a huge following on any platform. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like this podcast maybe has 3000 followers on Instagram. And like I said, episodes normally get between a thousand, like it's representative. It's like a, that's a fair representation. Right. But whenever I made the YouTube page, because the YouTube account came way after, cause I didn't even start doing video for the podcast until I'd already been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I have like 200 subs, 250 subs on my YouTube page. And like, I post twice a week on my YouTube page and mm-hmm. I post the links and I'm always like, Hey, you can find it on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. But like, I feel like most of the people either are just listening to the audio or they're watching it on Facebook or watching somewhere else. Cause there's not just one place you can get the podcast. It's like on Apple, it's on Spotify, it's on YouTube, it's on Facebook, it's on Google. It's so, and all those numbers are separate. It's all separated. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like one collective pool. Yeah. To be continued. To it's going to be hard. Yeah. It's going to be hard to move them. Um, I think that, I'm curious to see just how many of them do come over for you. I'm sure you'll have a much nicer bump than I yeah. did just because you have a bigger base to start with. Yeah. From an outsider's perspective, you're the Pittsburgh famous Brian Howe. So um, I could see how it's really like easy for a lot of people here to know you and follow what you're doing uh, as opposed to a lot of other people without that virility, that mm-hmm. mass spread uh, yeah. acknowledgement. Um, Cause that's I just have such a reach. You're, I mean, you're reaching all, all over everywhere, yeah. the globe. And I don't know how to reach that other than the it's, TikTok I've been doing right now. It's, it's been the really, biggest reach I've ever found. It's been really hard for me to crack the ceiling of Pittsburgh, which with the podcast it makes sense because most of the people that I talk to are like only relevant here, you know, but I've had guests on the show that are from bands that are very popular bands. And those episodes sometimes will be, they'll do a little better than other ones because like there's random stragglers that come in to check it out. But like, Mm -hmm. I don't, why would I expect those people to stick around if like, you know, one week I'm talking to the guitar player from some super popular rock band and then the next week I'm talking to like, you know, Don from scratch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's not going to carry over, you know, yeah. and I get it. Yeah. But like the show stays consistent, but it's hard to like find stuff. So I've been trying to find ways to like make, like just continue to branch out. Right. And like branch out to a point where it's just like crazy people everywhere instead of just like a crazy diverse people in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I feel like that that's my fault. It's just like I'm just stuck in that Pittsburgh bubble. 
Well, that's why I love TikTok. And Nathan, <laughs> Nathan, uh, my fiance, has the same problem. Um, it's people know him, and they know that that what he makes is great, and he's very talented. And the same with you. It's just uh, finding that mass way to get it out. And um, even though you are putting it on YouTube, it's just kind of like when. Are you going to break that ice there? Uh, that, the hard ice. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's hard because like there's like deep down, even though people care, mm -hmm. they don't care enough to like share it or really support it. Right. So you're just stuck in this bubble of people that care about you on the surface, mm -hmm. but they're not, they, 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 there's nothing that they could do to help you. Right. And it's like really easy as a creator to get, stuck in that bubble because every time you do something everybody around you is like that was cool that was cool that was cool but then like whenever you're finding yourself not getting any negative feedback over time like that's a huge warning sign mm -hmm. you know whenever we're releasing music and somebody's like fuck this i'm like great at least people outside of my bubble are hearing it yeah i don't want the negativity but it's nice to know that it's at least starting to get out into stranger territory where people don't feel obligated to be nice to you yeah i'm waiting for those comments to roll in <laughs> so far I, I really do have like the greatest followers and they're awesome and they say the nicest things to me and sometimes they make my day and uh make me kind of sad i'm like man i wish i could i don't know interact with them all more like personally because yeah. they think i'm awesome and i'm like man thank you for being interested in me uh at all because i was again just your bestie heather <laughs> and, um yeah so i i i don't know it's um it's interesting <laughs> well i get trailed off so as the train is rounding the station yeah it's too tuned we have had a podcast we have done it and it was relatively painless i would say cut the cut the trains on out <laughs> and before we go if anyone hasn't already bothered to look you up why don't you let people know again where they can find you and anything else you would like to say uh you can find me anywhere by searching the uh, before the coffin and um yeah check out some of my videos you can check out my serious ones uh where sometimes they give you a tour of embalming room or even um pennsylvania's only um green burial um location and and grounds so if you want to see some serious stuff if you want to see some silly stuff of me dancing in a cemetery you know what to do <laughs> cool and again we're not wearing headphones so the outro music will start right now and that is all, folks. One more time. Heather, thank you for being here. I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2020. Woo-woo! Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. That's a podcast. <laughs>